Long gone are the days of sweeping divorce under the rug. This isn't the 1950s. Our world has changed and so have our attitudes about love, life, divorce, and everything in between. A modern era calls for a modern guide to divorce, and my next guest is the woman for the job. The Happy Even After Podcast. The Happy Even After Podcast. Divorce sucks, but it doesn't need to define you. And it doesn't need to be the end of your story. The Happy Even After Podcast. Meet your host, Renee Bauer, an award-winning divorce attorney, peacemaker, author, and founder of The D Course, an online divorce educational program. She's been doing this work for almost two decades, and she is passionate about helping all women make it out the other side. The Happy Even After Podcast. Let's jump in. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Happy Even After podcast. And I am here today with my guest, Katrina Turnbull, and we are talking about the modern guide to divorce. So after experiencing a long, emotionally and financially painful divorce in her early 30s, Katrina started making funny videos on social media during the pandemic to help heal her own divorce trauma and to show the brighter side of life as a single mom. Now with over, and this number is crazy to me, over 5 million views on Instagram and TikTok. Her videos have been viewed over a million times and she has grown a dedicated following of divorcees and single parents looking to shake the stigma of failure surrounding divorce. Katrina is a host and producer of five television series in Canada, including Bell Media's latest hit, The Modern Girl's Guide to Divorce. So we're going to talk about all of the things, surprise, divorce. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Renee. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. So first, how did that start? Like, all right, it's pandemic. We're all in lockdown. Like what made you decide to say, okay, I'm going to take probably what's one of the most painful things that happens to someone in their life and start putting out really funny content and having it actually like do amazing. So um, I started off working in television before I got divorced. When I got my opportunity to work in daytime television in Canada, I had just had a baby. I was pregnant with my second. By the time my first TV show came around, um, which was like a TV show on like style and fashion, I had just had my second son. So a lot of the uh, TV presenting that I did was about, you know, easy mom style fashion tips, lifestyle tips, how to kind of, you know, put yourself together with a busy life on the go as a baby. And the whole time that my career was exploding, I was getting TV show after TV show, working with top brands in Canada and internationally, my marriage was falling apart. And I found that the more Mm. successful that um, I became in my career, the more my marriage started to fail. And I had to, because I I work in live TV and I do television, um, I had to just kind of like keep this facade up that everything is fine, nothing's going on, even though I was, you know, living on my own with, at the time, it was a one-year-old and three-year-old little babies and going through the divorce process and I couldn't let it crack. And I'm really proud of myself that no matter how crazy the divorce process got or things got in that whole situation, I never let it show. And then when I kind of came out about it, that I was getting a divorce, I was really worried because I kind of had this image of like, I'm a mom, I got my stuff together, but here I am and this divorce Mm. is happening. So um, right before the pandemic, I'd gone to a social media conference in San Diego. One of my fond memories of pre-pandemic life, I was in San Diego in February of 2020, and that was when 
I had gone just to kind of like up my social media strategies, learn more, kind of get more out there. And that's when I had learned about TikTok. So I downloaded it in February, 2020. And then when the pandemic hit, I just decided that TikTok seemed to be this more free open platform as opposed to Instagram where everything's kind of like everything was perfect. There was like professional photographs mm. and everything's edited. TikTok just seemed to be the place where you could go to just like let it all out. And people were people were sharing stuff about their divorce. I kind of got on divorce talk yeah. by accident because the algorithm knows us. Mm. And I saw other people doing it. And I just started making these videos about situations that had happened to me in the divorce process using um, the trends and the music on TikTok and they went viral. I had my first million view video uh, within like three months of joining the platform. That's nuts. So do you think that, because you said something that I want to go back to, is that, that the more success you had, the more things kind of fell apart in your marriage. Do you think that your success had something to do with it? Because I find this often with high achieving women that that's something that happens and it's something I experienced myself. So I'm curious of your take on it. So obviously divorces come with more than one reason, like you can't really boil it down. But I remember Renee very distinctly that when I made the decision to say, I'm not doing this anymore, I am leaving this relationship, I'm ending it. It was 100% because I felt that my career in television was being sabotaged. So I was in my relationship between dating and marriage for 11 years. Um, it started out when I was 21 and separation, like preceding divorce happened when I was 32. And, you know, for the first nine years of my relationship, I felt like I was the supporting partner, you know, of, you know, if someone has like a more higher career trajectory for nine years, I was that supporting role. I was like, you know, the trophy wife at all the corporate dinners, chatting up the other executives, wives and the managers, you know, trying to make other people look really good. Prior to getting into television, I worked in translation for 10 years. I was a French English translator super boring job. You're in front of a computer all the time and you don't get to be social or talk to anybody. You're just typing away all day. And then I got this opportunity to appear on television. And from there, like uh, another producer had seen me on TV. And then I got the shot to pitch uh, my first TV show for the highest, biggest network in Canada, which is Bell Media. And I was like, you know, women would give their right arm to have this chance to have this television career in a city like Ottawa, which is is more like Washington, D.C., right? Like it's not like Mm -hmm. you're New York or you're L.A., you know, for here it'd be Toronto, Montreal. You're kind of in a different city. And I had this opportunity to earn a living working in entertainment television and lifestyle television. And I was like, oh, and I have two little kids. I was like, for sure, I'm going to be supported in my role. Like this is, it makes me happy. I'm going to make more money. It's going to be great. And very, very quickly, Renee, it just started making it very difficult for me to be successful in my new career situation. It was a lot of like, oh, you're going out tonight for this evening, or you have to film at night. What about the babies? You know, to the Mm -hmm. point where I distinctly remember going to film live television and being told before I left the door, you know, you're a terrible mother. You're the one who's supposed to take the kids to daycare today, things like that. And it would crush me. And then I would show up on set in studio and be like, hi, I'm here to talk about skincare. And it wasn't even like, I was like, you know, some people say, oh, they get brainwashed thinking they're doing something wrong. No, I was in a situation where I was thinking, 
this is a marriage. Whoever you're married to, they're supposed to support you 100%. That's not what I'm getting. And I'm having to work that much harder to be successful at a very competitive career anyway. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, geez, if that doesn't show you who your, what your marriage is or who you're married to, I mean, I don't know what does. And you would hope that you have a partner who's super supportive. So how did you transition? Like you made, you're the one who made that decision. And now you found yourself in your early thirties and you're a single parent. What was that like for you? You had young kids at the time. I was really determined to make it work. And I just knew in my heart that me stepping through that door of the unknown of like, you know, what's on the other side? What, how am I going to be a parent on my own? How am I going to support myself financially? Where am I going to live going into divorce and all of that? I just knew the uncertainty of that was a better option than where I was and being married. I, I couldn't, I couldn't stay there for myself and I couldn't stay there for my kids. Um, I was really fortunate that I had some like big contracts pay out right after I separated. So I got to keep all the money and um, that really <laughs> <Perfect> helped me. <laughs> timing. <laughs> right? Like hold the checks, hold, give me another month. Um, so that really helped me, but also like around me, you know, cause I was kind of known in my Ottawa society, um, you know, as, as a woman who had it all, had a great, you know, dream house, marriage, two kids, mm. vacations, you know, anything we wanted to get. And then I kind of had this fall from grace and, you know, got treated very differently. Yeah. And there were certain people around me who were like, you're going to fail on your own. They full on said that to me. They said, like, who do you think you are? Like, your happiness isn't a good enough reason to get divorced. How could you do that to your kids? And like, you're not going to make it like they all like, you know, I had I had a lot of people in the beginning, I would say that I probably cut through about two thirds of my friends and social circle in that first year of divorce, because there's a lot of people who didn't believe that I was going to make it. And Renee, when I tell you, I used to, I used to work night and day, even as a single mom, I used to, you know, uh, I used to get up in the morning take, get rid of my kids. Uh, actually I start working for two hours, get up at 6am. I'd work till eight, get my kids off to daycare. They'd be there for eight hours, you know, pick them up, do school, uh, or like dinner time and all of that. And all the nighttime routine, put them to bed by eight o'clock. And then I'd work from eight to midnight and another couple hours. And I would do that for years. And I remember in the middle, like of the night, when I'd be working at my laptop, I used to have like tears, like streaming down my face. Yeah. And I used to be like, I'm going to show them I will be successful. Like I'm going to prove them wrong. And I've had immense success, like emotionally worst time ever in my life going through the divorce yeah. professionally. It's been amazing. And I, I often ask myself, would I have pushed myself that hard if I yeah. hadn't had those people who doubted me for me to prove them wrong? So it really, you know, jokes on thanks guys. It really, uh, it motivated <laughs> me and it really pushed me to, you know, stick it to them. Did you ever have anyone say to you, why can't you just be happy? Like what's wrong with you that you just can't be satisfied with what you have? In my marriage? Yeah. Absolutely. Friends, family, acquaintances, like, you know, I had some people had that kind of old school mentality of like marriages for life. Like that's who you decided to get married, you know, kind of yeah. thing. 
And there were things like that I tried to work on. You know, I had gone to counseling. I had tried, you know, changing things and all this stuff. What it came down to for me was that I really felt I was being held back. And I got to the point mentally where I said to myself, I understand that a number of people think that I'm failing by admitting that I'm getting divorced and conceding and starting the divorce process. Mm. But I didn't see it as a sense of failure. I saw me getting divorced as the right step forward in order to lead a happier and healthier life. And I think my life would have been on a terrible downward spiral had I had stayed married. So I, I knew that in my heart. And at the end of the day, you know, Renee, like the people who doubted me, they're not in my life anymore. I won't let them near me. And it's like the people who doubt you and criticize you about your choice in your marriage. Are they the ones, you know, paying your bills? Are they the ones, you know, babysitting for your kids, unloading your dishwasher, like wiping your tears at night while you cry yourself to sleep? No, like what they can have an opinion all they want, but they're not actually contributing anything to your life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so good because so often women get stuck and men too, but my the people who tend to listen to this podcast are in my private Facebook group are women. And I hear it over and over and over again that they're they're staying because someone has made them feel bad about wanting something different or wanting or feeling bad or they have their own guilt about wanting to be happy. And like as if happiness is something that is selfish, which it's just it's crazy. And it's so sad because I think you have just so few people and I have friends like this now who are in really bad marriages and they just they don't think they're worthy of the happiness and what do you say to those people 100% like literally that was said to me when I was you know going through the early days of my divorce and I think for me in my situation a lot of that came from the fact that um, I had started my relationship dating prior to marriage when I was 21 years old you don't know anything at 21. You haven't, yeah. you know, really developed your your sense of identity, your confidence level. You haven't had that many life experiences at that such young age. So then when you start to have life experiences and come into your own, it's going to be different. And for me, the person that I was kind of, you know, in my 20s and mid 20s wasn't the same person I ended up being when I was in my 30s. And especially getting this job working in television and being kind of a public figure here in Canada, I was met with a lot of like, oh, you're different, you're changed. Well, you didn't used to do that. And it's like, so what? Like, I don't have to be the version of myself that you want me to be. I'm being true to myself. And I definitely see that, like, a lot of people say that, and a lot of people are made to feel bad. And I can, I just, to those people, I would say it's like every day that you wake up, you deserve to feel calm and confident and excited mm-hmm. and motivated about your day. And how difficult that must be if you're rolling over and looking at somebody who is just bringing you down. I tell people I'm allergic to negativity. I keep my circle really small now and I only let in people who uplift me and inspire me. And I don't see how you get, like I've had people say to me, like, what would you have done differently to make your marriage work? Or what advice would you, because I have the TV show, Modern Girl's Guide to Divorce. And I've been interviewed before. They say, well, what advice do you have people who don't need to go through the divorce? I said, like, when you get to the point where you have a partner who is not, motivating you or providing you with that, you know, nourishing sense of positivity. So you can go out there. Life's hard enough as it is, like, let alone having someone on your back about it. You need to be motivated to go out there so you can achieve your goals. I don't see how that's possible. If you don't have someone in your inner circle, your partner who's supporting you all the way. 
Yeah. And you said something really interesting about people questioning you because you changed. And like, as if changing is bad, like, isn't that the point? Aren't we supposed to evolve and change and grow? And that's part of the journey. Like, I feel bad for those who don't change throughout their life. I think when people say that, it's because they're afraid of change. I think that you going after a dream really elicits a response in them because they're maybe too insecure or they're too afraid to go after something that they want in their life. And you doing it yourself, they're like, oh, I can never do that myself. You can't do it either. You're going to fail. Like I think that when people yeah. say that you have to realize it's really not about you, people's, other people's criticisms. It's like an echo of how they feel about themselves. We'll be back just after this message. Do you believe that on the other side of your divorce can be a life you freaking love? What if I told you that to live a happy life, you first have to believe you deserve it? How can you possibly create a life you love if you don't believe you are worthy of it? Let's get you set up to start believing in you. Just text the word BELIEVE to 411-321 to receive a free Believe Yourself Badass Guide. In this guide, we talk about power statements and how they can change your life. So stop what you're doing and text BELIEVE to 411-321. See you on the inside. Right, absolutely. So single parenthood, let's talk about that. Have there been challenges and what joy have you found in being a single parent? Oh, Renee, (laughs) it was so hard. Like I, I, like I said, I had a one-year-old boy and a three-year-old, just turned three-year-old toddler, uh, also two little Mm -hmm. boys, um, being a single parent. And I had no family help in my city for about four years. So it's been about five years now since my separation. Only last year during the pandemic did my parents kind of finally move to my city. And I was so grateful for it. And it was so difficult. Like car seats. I live in Ottawa, which is like a snowy capital of Canada. There's tons of snow and snowsuits and trying to like push a double stroller and grocery shop. (laughs) And then, you know, kids waking up like three, four times a night. And then, you know, just, you know, all the things that you have to deal with. I had many nights where I would just cry all the time. And I would just be like, I'd be so frustrated and stressed out and exhausted. And on top of that, I'd have letters like threatening letters from opposing counsel, divorce stuff. I'd have to be on TV at 8am the next day, fresh as a daisy. And it was really, really challenging. Um, But one of the great pieces of advice that I got from somebody who was also a single parent with older kids was that it gets easier every year your kids get older. So I really, you know, when I didn't have the family and I like I haven't had like any partner support or anything like that since I've been divorced, I've been on my own five years, very proud. Um, I really (laughs) kind of focused on my, my circle of girlfriends with kids around the same age and you know we would do play dates on a Saturday play dates on a Sunday you know what I mean like whatever it it could take just to have a little bit of support around me and um, I had a really good set of twin babysitters who helped me out a lot when I'd have to do filming at night or go to events and then yeah just every year it gets a little bit easier and it's so sweet now my boys are literally the benchmark for me about how I should be treated in a relationship they adore me. They just do such nice, lovely things for me and tell me that I'm beautiful every single day and that they love me and that I'm an amazing mom and that I make them happy. 
you know, they always fight, like, they don't want to leave my house when it's transition time to go. They want to stay forever. Mm -hmm. They say to me, I wish we could marry you. That way we could just live together forever. And I say, you can live with me as long as you want. Like, you know. (laughs) They must not be teenagers. <laughs> no, no, my kids are just about six and seven years old, so they're yeah. younger. So I, I'm savoring every moment. But because yeah. I was on my own with them, I had fifty fifty custody. But because I was on my own with them, um, we just developed a very, very close bond. And I yeah. now at the point where like their toddler emotions have settled out. I love hanging out with them. I love our time yeah. together. Like those are the people I do want to spend time with more than sometimes my friends, you know, like we have a very close family bond and we're as thick as thieves. You know, the silver lining of all of this, and I've shared this before in other podcast episodes is that, so I have a 15 year old son. He was two when I got divorced and throughout the years, we have created such amazing memories of doing things and activities and vacations that just he and I would do that probably would not have happened had we stayed as an intact married couple because you're doing things as a family. But those memories are so special. And there are things that he talks about. He talks about all of the vacations in that time. And that bond is really strong and deep. And I think that that's when people say, oh, I'm going to miss my kids so much when they're not with me. It's like you have such an amazing opportunity to connect with them on a level that you may not have before in this this intimacy of of a relationship. And so there could be something really good that comes out of that if you focus on that and not that I'm going to miss them so much. But my question for you is, do you ever or do you still go through the when they're not with you, having those moments of like, oh, you know, I can't breathe because my kids aren't around me. And how did you get through the hard times of that? I feel very guilty, you know, when I don't have my kids around me. Um, I've had comments Mm. from people like, you know, people who are married. It's like, oh, it must be nice to be like a part-time mom just because I have 50-50 custody. And, you know, to that, I like, first of all, Karen, I don't pay any attention to you and your yeah. white Volvo. Um, I, I, I miss them. I, I really do. And, but at the same yeah. time, you know, when, when that, they are with me, I pour myself into them. It's my yeah. belief and job as a mom for myself that it's, it's up to me to kind of put my needs on the back burner a little bit when my kids are with me because they don't have that, you know, hundred percent mommy time and completely invest in them. Even if it's very draining yeah. for me, they're, there one week until the next week and they come back. But I do, I do miss them. Um, and you know, there's things I wish I could do to like, you know, have to spend time with them and everything like that. But at the same time, I get a lot more work done. I get all my housework done, all the groceries, all the, you know, Mm -hmm. cooking for the week so we can spend that quality time together. And I'm also recharging. I'm exercising more. I'm sleeping more so that I can be fully recharged. I can, you know, devote myself to them. But at the same time, like, I don't think it's fair for me to want to have my kids 100% of the time if I'm not in a marriage anymore, because they deserve to have their other parent 50% of the time as well. And so it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it would be selfish of me to have that. And it's just like, you know, this is what it is. You have to make the best of the situation. And even if I'm not with my kids, you know, I think about them 24 seven and I'm sure they're thinking about me too. And you just, you can't feel guilty about everything. This is a society we live in now. It's just like, you've got to feel guilty Mm -hmm. about this. Got to feel bad about this. It's like, I have enough anxiety and like, you know, stress and responsibilities on my plate as it is. 
I know that when they are not with me, they're well taken care of, they're in good hands. And you know, they come back to me. And then that's my time to, you know, be mom. And you know, when you're talking about your son and everything, it's, you know, husbands take up a lot of like attention and energy. So you pour that back into your children. And I'm trying to teach them now as young men, how to treat women, what, you know, is acceptable for a relationship, you know, especially the way that they talk to me and everything. I really check them a lot to be like, you can't speak to women like that. You can't speak to mommy like that. We do like mock dates sometimes. And, you know, like, you know, Mm -hmm. how you treat a partner when you're going out and, you know, asking how was your day, asking interest about them. You know, even though I'm not um, like in a marriage or in like in that type of relationship, I am still trying to model for them what a healthy relationship would look like. Mm, That's so good. Katrina, let's talk about the Martin Guide to Divorce, your TV show. How did that when did that start? And how did you come up with the idea? So it uh, so it started during the pandemic, all the filming went on hiatus. And I was, you know, and we are all in lockdown and homeschool, and I was just dying in my life. Um, I did a little bit of a uh, pandemic TV series for my network. And then I was talking to a friend of mine who's another female uh, TV host in Canada. And she was saying, girl, use this pandemic to get your whole TV show, your next show completely planned out. No more distractions. There's no more events. There's no more this to go to. You know, get it all planned out. And then you'll be ready to, to hit the ground running, especially because we had like restrictions on how much crew that we could have. So prior to the pandemic, I was kind of toying with an uh, idea of like a divorce party TV show where I do, you know, do makeovers for people going through a divorce, mm. but we couldn't have parties, we couldn't have gathering, we couldn't even have, you know, people come and do makeup on them. So then I kind of thought about like, okay, what can I talk about in my own life without talking about my specific situation too much? Yeah. And I came up with the concept of the modern girl's guide to divorce. So one thing, and then because I was growing in popularity too on TikTok and Instagram, like thousands of people were reaching out to me being like, I'm watching your videos. I see that you like are thriving after your divorce. I'm just at the beginning stages. What do I do? How do I get divorced? So the first season was really about, you know, that kind of like, what are the first initial steps that you need to tackle in order to get divorced? So I had um, spent a lot of money on my divorce. It was a three-year process. I ended up spending $150,000 in legal fees because it kept getting drawn out. And I didn't know how to kind of like weave and bob those attacks of lawyers, which were a lot of tactics just to basically burn my money so that I'd be financially vulnerable and emotionally vulnerable and kind of agree to opposing counsel's demands. So our first episode was about how to save time and money on divorce lawyers. And it was tips on, you know, before you get divorced, you know, be a forensic accounting, gather like the last three years of credit card statements, bank statements, your tax returns, make copies of you and your spouse, have those ready to go because in Canada, it's like financial disclosure. People can really drag that out. Then we had an episode on how to sell your home for the most money, your marital home, and then what can you afford as a newly divorced solo buyer? So we had a real estate expert kind of talk about, you know, how to maybe uh, adjust your expectations. And if you're going from a single family detached home, maybe you're going to a home with an income property, maybe you're going to a condo, maybe you're moving to a different neighborhood. So we had that, we had, you know, episodes on how to land your dream job after divorce, especially if you've been a mother who's been out of the workforce 
course for a number of years and you have to kind of get back into it. She was a LinkedIn um, expert. We had dating after divorce. Uh, mm. We had a financial planner and we had a dating coach. So it was all the pieces that I wish I had known when I was going through my divorce process. And it was kind of help trying to answer all these thousands of people reaching out to me for just being like, I ha- like you probably remember, well, I know you're a divorce attorney, but it's like, where do you start when you're yeah. getting divorced? Like it just seems like this open void and you have no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to help people kind of just get going with it so they can get those phases out of the way and kind of get on to living their best life. Now we're in talks, um, still negotiating, still really hoping for a second season of Modern Girls Guide to Divorce. And then that will go a little bit more in depth. So we, you know, maybe like how to work on your revenge body, you know, thinking about your second marriage, like why you should get a prenup, why that's important. So Mm -hmm. hopefully if we get the green light in a season two, we kind of go into a few more steps. It's like, okay, the divorce might be finalized and out of the way. How do you tackle rebuilding your life um, as a newly divorced person? Katrina, where can we watch those episodes? So if you're in Canada, it's on Bell 5 TV One, Modern Girl's Guide to Divorce. But you can definitely check out clips of my TV show on my Instagram and my TikTok. And my handle is Katrina.Turnbull. And of course, I'll put all of the links in there. So my final question for you, is there something that you wish that you knew about divorce that you would like to share with someone who's listening? I would say the biggest thing that I would have changed if I could ever go over it again is to not engage in text messages um, Mm. with the person that you're divorcing in the early days when it's happening. A lot of people just try to hurt and say inflammatory things through text messages to get a response out of you. I wish I would have kept everything in writing and kept a very, you know, like log journal about that, uh, just in case I would have brought that, you know, for court purposes. But I would have just completely detached and not worried about it. Because, you know, I I really did think I was a great wife during my uh, during my marriage. And if I would have known the way that I got treated at the end of it, when I said I no longer wanted to be married, and the divorce process started, I wouldn't have tried so hard. You know what I mean? You you try to do everything by the book and then you end up in kind of the bad situation anyway. So you might as well be looking out for yourself. So don't think you owe anybody anyway. If your marriage is over, you know, think about protecting yourself and uh, not exposing yourself to people who might just be trying to hurt you through communications. Yeah, it's such, such great practical advice. So what does life post-divorce look like for you now? I feel really calm. I have a really sense of inner peace that I I never thought that I would get. I really have embraced and enjoyed really taking care of myself. A lot of that energy that women have um, as a mother and then as a wife that they're putting into their husband or their partner and putting into their children, I'm now putting that energy into myself and I feel very rested and complete. And I feel like very much at peace and happy in the world around me. Um, I work like a fiend all the time. I'm always working on television and my TV projects and also daytime TV in Canada. And a lot of my work is focused around, you know, making things easier for single moms and people going through a divorce. 
But I just, you know, want to just continue to entertain people and just let people know that like divorce isn't the end of the world. It's just the end of your marriage. And life can actually be better than it was when you were married. You know, you think everything's going to go wrong. You actually have a second chance at life and not everyone gets that. So really make the most of it. Uh, And that's the perfect way to end this. Katrina, thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom. It was an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me, Renee. That's a wrap. Link up with us at MsReneeBauer.com. Remember to rate and review and share with anyone you think might find this episode helpful. You can change your story and live happy even after.